Where are stocks poised for a breakout? Coming up, we'll look around the globe for answers. From Thrivent Asset Management, welcome to Episode 13 of Advisors Market 360, a podcast for you, the driven financial advisor. Historically, investors searching for high-performing stocks haven't had to journey far. Compared to the rest of the world, U.S. large caps have been a mainstay for the past decade. But as the U.S. market has reopened its doors for business following the rollout of COVID-19 vaccinations and reduced restrictions, performance and valuations have stretched to new highs. Wayfaring investors have set their sights abroad, hoping for a similar rebound in international markets. Where in the world should we look, and is it reasonable to anticipate a similar recovery abroad? Fortunately, we have experts at Thrivent who can help answer that question. We turn to two senior portfolio managers of Thrivent Global Stock Fund, Noah Monson, CFA, and David Spangler, CFA, who is also the head of Mixed Asset and Market Strategies. Monson says, International stocks, especially in the developed markets, have underperformed the U.S. stocks um, really since uh, since the Great Recession, since 2010. Um, you know, the total return on the on European stocks is a little over 100 percent, and it was um, around 300 percent for U.S. stocks. Um, so there's a lot of ground for them to make up. I think there's the potential for for you know foreign markets to start to catch up some of the, the ground that they've lost over really a pretty long period of time. One key catalyst for the strong performance of the U.S. market has been economic growth, which has significantly outpaced the international area. Much of that growth has been driven by the technology sector. Monson explains. U.S. growth has been especially led by the you know big technology and, and growth firms that are um, that have a there's a much bigger presence in those um, those growth firms in the U.S. than than in uh, the foreign markets. Another U.S. advantage has been its robust rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine. The rest of the world is working to catch up, and other countries may see a similar resurgence in their economies. But what impact will post-pandemic reopening have on international markets? We ask Spangler to weigh in. Europe has been behind the U.S. in terms of reopening and vaccinations, but they've been catching up. So if you think about how the U.S. markets performed after we had news that we we may be getting a new vaccine back last November, the markets performed very, very well. With Europe's vaccination efforts picking up steam, its stock markets have begun to respond. So if you think about how that may play out, as mobility increases, as vaccination rates increase, and they have been in Europe, confidence will increase both uh, consumer confidence and business confidence. Monson echoed that sentiment. I think in the U.S. we've seen a pretty big post-pandemic bounce. I think there's probably more potential for, uh, for a bounce in some of the foreign markets. Economies have been slower to reopen in, in, some, of those, in some of those markets as vaccination rates haven't been as, as high as in the U.S. and uh, they've been a little slower to loosen some of the restrictions from the, on, on activity. However, Spangler and Monson agree that the emergence of new COVID-19 variants could result in renewed restrictions across Europe, which might hinder Europe's ability to catch up with the U.S. In the short term, Europe's anticipated post-pandemic bounce may give its markets an advantage. But the U.S. still has some economic advantages that could provide better long-term potential. U.S. is a more dynamic, less regulated economy. The 
uh, demographics in Europe and across Asia are, are not as good as they are in the U.S. in terms of uh, working age uh, population. From a birth rate standpoint. The biggest long-term advantage, however, may be the strength of the U.S. technology sector. Europe is well behind the U.S. in tech, and they're not likely to catch up. Spangler thinks that while there is some opportunity in Europe from a reopening standpoint in the near term, over the intermediate and long term, the U.S. is a better country for investment due to its overall industries and sectors, governance, regulatory climate, and innovation. The emerging markets, which have been slower to reopen from the pandemic, did get a boost from the recent spike in commodity prices. Monson explains. You know, a lot of the emerging market com- countries are really sen- are very sensitive to the commodity cycle. And so a lot of those emerging market countries moved up real strongly with the spike in, in the commodities market. And so you see the emerging markets, uh, you know, outperformed the U.S. market, but now are, are kind of stagnating a little bit more. The longer term view for the emerging markets is less promising, according to Spangler. We have some concerns about the emerging markets on a number of levels. They were great beneficiaries of globalization. Uh, a lot of outsourcing to the emerging markets and so forth. We're now in a more of a deglobalization phase. Prospects in China are also a concern. It's worth noting that China alone accounts for one-third of the MSCI Emerging Markets Index, which measures the performance of equities in emerging markets across the world. Spangler pointed out that China's governance, transparency, and geopolitical issues could adversely affect its economy. China's been growing tremendously over the last year or year, but it's expected to fall back down to a 5 to 6% area by 2022. You know, they have a demographic issue in terms of the aging of their population, a huge debt overhang, uh, just tremendous debt issues within, uh, within China. And all of that sort of has spillover effects to the rest of the emerging markets. Looking forward, where are global markets heading? Perhaps a related question will shine some light if we ask, where along the path of the market cycle are we? Assuming we're in expansion, are we in the early, middle, or late stages? According to Spangler, the early stages of recovery often lead to a junk rally, with low-quality, high-beta types of securities leading the market. But as we trek forward from recovery to expansion, the focus moves to cyclical value in companies with better earnings quality. Then, as we move towards slowdown, the market tends to rotate toward defensive areas, such as larger cap utilities, staples, and more stable big-cap technology companies. While the U.S. market has recently enjoyed strong growth with low volatility, Spangler noted that, under the surface, there is turmoil and rotation. Inflation and actions taken by the Federal Reserve, or Fed, could influence the course of the stock market in the months ahead. If inflation is indeed, as the Fed says, transitory, then we would expect uh, small caps and, and more cyclicals uh, to, do, to do well because that's the reopening trade. That's the ex- you know, early expansion. If the Fed is not right, and in fact, inflation begins to get away from the Fed, and the market expects that we're going to pull forward uh, tapering, so in other words, that we're going to slow down our bond buying, um, and also if the market expects that we're going to pull forward interest rates uh, in terms of raising interest rates, then that's the proverbial, the Fed's pulling the punch bowl uh, away from the party, which is to say that now we don't have that monetary uh, supports from the Fed. 
and the markets can correct. Spangler clues us in on how his team manages the thriving global stock fund in the midst of asynchronous movements in international markets. What we try to do in the global stock fund is to run a nice diversified portfolio of global equities, diversify our managers, diversify our strategies, and, and to uh, position at the margin for where we think we are in the economic cycle. And that's why we were a little overweight um, uh, in Europe, a little underweight uh, emerging markets. So on the map of the market cycle, where does Spangler think we are? His belief is that we're in the earlier to middle stages of economic expansion, but he still sees some cause for caution. And that's how the fund is currently positioned. Facing a variety of potential forks in the road, Spangler and Monson believe the best course of action is maintaining a balanced portfolio. Thanks for listening to this episode of Advisors Market 360. All episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. Learn more about us at thriventfunds.com and find other items of interest to you, the driven financial advisor. Bye for now. All information and representations herein are as of July 20th, 2021, unless otherwise noted. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Actual investment decisions made by Thrivent Asset Management LLC will not necessarily reflect the views expressed. This information should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation of any particular security, strategy, or product. Investment decisions should always be made based on an investor's specific financial needs, objectives, goals, time horizon, and risk tolerance. Investing involves risks, including the possible loss of principal. The prospectus and summary prospectus contain more complete information on the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the fund, and other information, which investors should read and consider carefully before investing. Prospectuses are available at thriventfunds.com. Thrivent Asset Management, a division of Thrivent, offers financial professionals a variety of investment products to help meet their clients' needs. Thrivent Distributors LLC is a member of FINRA and SIPC and is a subsidiary of Thrivent, the marketing name for Thrivent Financial for Lutherans.